Thank you for tuning in to Emmanuel Faith Community Church. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Well, good morning and happy new year. We're eight days in. So far, so good, right? But there may be dragons. So let me warn you. No, this is the title of our series that we're going through. This is a short series to begin this new year. Uh, If you missed us last week, you missed a great sermon. Uh, The other Pastor Ryan, Pastor Ryan Lundy, um, opened up this series uh, that is studying 1 Samuel chapter 14. Okay, So we'll be getting there in just a minute. But he introduced this title called There May Be Dragons. And see, um, medieval cartologists, okay, map makers, right? They, they would write, there may be dragons on places in the map where their things were unknown. Okay, now, um, we assume maybe the first person that did this, you know, saw, you know, saw that there was a boat that left and, and you know, and got, got lost at sea or whatever. And they had just assumed, well, it's probably dragons that did it, right? You know, because clearly that's the only logical explanation. Now, um, it could be that, or, or eventually I think it probably just became a design statement, right? I mean, you know, the, the open areas of sea just look better with like a, a serpent in it, right? When they're designing it, maybe. That could be it. But either way, it was an area that was unknown, it's an area that is uncertain. It was a way that mapmakers could give a little caution to people, like, beware because it comes with some risk. And as I started thinking about that idea, that, that the unknown, the, the uncertain, and a little bit of risk, I thought, that actually describes a lot of life, doesn't it? That, that we live a lot of life in, in the unknown. We live a lot of life in uncertain. And in a lot of life, there's risk. And so maybe we need to bring back this phrase, there may be dragons. Because as I think about it, uh, I think about my kids growing up, and um, I think about their, the, I remember as, as, as a kid myself, you know, that, that whole question, does she like me? Oh, there may be dragons there, right? <laughs> right? Uh, you know, which college do I go to? Uh, there may be dragons, um, what, what, what line of work do I go into? What career? Okay. Dragons there. Oh, dragons over here as well. Which one am I going to marry? Oh, dragons galore. <laughs> what about kids? Are we going to have kids? Poopy, smelly dragons, right? Are, are we going to own a house? Oh, dragons with repair costs and maintenance cost fees, right? I mean, this is, there's lots of dragons everywhere, especially when we're walking into the unknown. There, not only maybe dragons, there's gonna be dragons, right? Because we live in the unknown often. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it seems like it would be easier to face an actual dragon than a 16-year-old with long hair and a driver's license, okay? Now, that, you know, that, that seems worse to me at times. Um, but we live in a world of unknown. I know that firsthand, um, you know, just even this last couple of weeks. Um, I, I know what it's like to live in the unknown because I had Southwest tickets. Okay? So it was minor, 
It was minor. I didn't go anywhere. Um, but it was definitely a, an unknown situation where it was uncertain um, all of Christmas. And, you know, and yet I think we live in that space more, more than we think, more than we realize. And, uh, and it means that we've got we've to take steps even when we don't know. We need to take steps of faith even when we don't. And so um, I, I, think that we, I think it would be easier for us at times. I feel like I would want God to just give us a sign more. Just to declare to us what your will is, God, so that I know what direction I'm supposed to go. Okay? Uh, tell me where I'm supposed to live. Tell me, am I supposed to change jobs right now? Uh, just, just, it would be so much easier. You know, God could have just given us each a couple pages of our own, right? That would have been nice, right? Just a page even, just for me. Just tell me what to do. But he doesn't, doesn't do that. In fact, not only does he not do that, I think he likes it better this way. He, in some ways, I think he likes to, to keep us guessing a little bit. To be unsure, because I think that's where... That's where a lot of the characters in scripture are. In fact, that, the passage that we're going to look at today is going to take us to somebody who is in deep unknown, unsure of anything, and a high level of risk. He's facing down dragons, and actually there's some quite literal dragons in the form of an army, a very large army that he's unsure of what to do. And here in this scenario, we have a young man who makes bold, decisive actions, who steps out in faith. And we have the one who, who is supposed to step out in faith, doesn't. There's a king in Israel, okay? It's the first king of Israel. His name is Saul. And Saul is supposed to be the leader of this new nation, okay? This, this new nation with a king. He's supposed to be leading them into battle, and where we find him in this scene in 1 Samuel 14 is hiding in a cave. He's hiding in a cave. It tells us, as Pastor Ryan pointed out last week, it, it, it tells us that it's a pomegranate cave. And he's with a priest there. And so it, it seems to assume that, that this is kind of a holy place. And so here, Saul is praying. Seems like the right thing to do. But the hero of this story is not the one waiting. It's the one acting. And I think we've got something to learn in this. That a lot of times we need to stop waiting and start acting. Because what we're going to see here is that faith faith is a little bit different than we're used to. You see, I think what we, we typically think of it, you know, I think... We tend to, to think that, that, that God has this big, this detailed plan that is, that is all lined up for you, for me, for all of us. That it's a very detailed plan. And that he's charted out everything. And then sometimes, and, and I don't know about you, but this is kind of how I learned it as a kid. Or at least this is, I don't think it was ever told to me this way, but this is what I thought. I thought that I need to just kind of figure out what God has for me. And if I figure out just the right thing, then I will be, and here's the word, in the center of God's will. And if I'm in the center of God's will, then that's where he's going to, all his blessings going to be. It's just right there. But if I get it wrong, 
If I make a mistake, if I choose the wrong thing, oh my goodness, then who knows what's up? Then who knows where I'll be? And, and we live in this little tension of like, like scared to act as if we need permission from God to act. And I got to tell you, that whole idea, I think is a bit misguided. It's definitely outside of the realm of scripture. Scripture doesn't tell us that specifically, that God's plan is that specific. Yes, God has a plan. And yes, God even knows how many hairs are on your head. However, his plan is a bit more broad than that, right? He didn't write us individual pages. And what he wants from us is to join him, as we're going to see. Sort of the way Jonathan does. Even when there may be dragons. You see, if, uh, if God's plan was the type of thing where uh, he was orchestrating everything the way he wanted it anyway, then he wouldn't have to say things like this. And we know that God works all things for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Okay, because get this, notice. He wouldn't have to say, I'm going to work things for good because they already would be good. But God is recognizing, our scriptures tell us that there's a lot of not good in the world. There's a lot of bad things. And our God is strong enough, powerful enough, He is in control enough, but he's not controlling. He's in control enough to take even the worst things and work them in a way that's good. See, even if God did have a very, very detailed plan, we don't have access to it. And so we live in the unknown. We live in the uncertain, and where that is, there's risk. We live with the dragons. And sure enough, that's where... That's where Jonathan found himself, right? Okay, if you, the story goes, he is, uh, he and, and the Israelite army is hiding, okay? They're in caves. Uh, they had about 3,000 of them beforehand. Now there's only 600 who have stayed and remained. Um, it seems like a bunch of them have left and have hidden other places. Um, some of them even had joined the other opposing army, apparently. Um, and sure enough, they're down to about 600 people. And they are facing an army that is tens of times bigger. Tells us it's, it, the army's, you know, bigger than they can count. So this is a huge army and they are technologically way more advanced. The Israelite army has all of two swords. That's all they have. Two swords. Fortunately, Jonathan has one of them. His armor bearer has one of them with him here. And, uh, and Saul, the brave king, is hiding. And here's the story. Let's read, starting in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. It says, Jonathan said to the young man, let's get there. Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, come, let us go over to the garrison of the uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Okay, last week, the entire message was, was called a strong maybe because I, I, we got to hope that Jonathan has strong maybe right there because that's what he's basing this on. It may be that the Lord will work for us for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And his armor bearer said to him, now this is a guy, we don't have his name. I wish we did. 
I want to meet this guy one day because I love his response. Do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you heart and soul. Then Jonathan said, behold, we will cross over to the, to the men and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, wait until we come, with, wait until we come to you, then we'll stand in our place and we will not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, then we will go up for the Lord has given them into our hand. And this, sorry, I kept, and this shall be assigned to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, look, Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they've hidden themselves. And the men of the garrison hailed Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you a thing. To this, Jonathan said, to his armor bearer, come after me, for the Lord has given them into the hands of Israel. Now, this is quite a scene. We're going to stop here because next week we're going to talk about what this does. We're going to actually see how this one little step of faith ends up being like a, like a domino effect that ends up saving Israel. But this little act of faith is one that I think is, is huge, is important. I think that Jonathan here gives us a great example of how to step out in faith when, when there may be dragons. In the unknown of life, when there's uncertainty and risk, he gives us some great things to think about. When there isn't clear direction. He teaches us how we can know how to proceed when we don't have a clear word from God. And what he's pointing out as is is really about faith. Because this tells us about what faith is. And what we're going to learn is that faith is not just about believing the right information about God's plan and power. It's not just about believing the right things. See, because Saul and presumably many other people, um, Israelites, would have believed the same things about God. They had the head knowledge. In fact, Saul had experienced God's saving before, and yet he was still hiding, unsure, uncertain, and waiting. It was this young man who stepped out. And you see, he didn't have a direct word from God saying, step out now. Do this right now. If you go now, then you'll win. He didn't have that. But what he did have, what he did have is is God's words that he had remembered. You see, and that's why I think scripture, uh, scripture even tells us about God's word and God's words to us. And it speaks of it in not as knowing the future, the distant future, it tells us that it will guide us in a very particular way. It says that it will guide our feet. It says that, 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 that God's words are a lamp unto my feet. What it doesn't say is that it's high beams driving down the freeway so that you can see miles down the road, right? It's not an illuminated highway to show you the entire path. You can't drive a car at 65 miles an hour with the light of a lamp, right? And yet we kind of want that. But faith isn't, faith isn't knowing the full plan. 
Faith is what happens when you don't know the whole plan and you take a step anyway. And this is one of the things we've got to unlearn and relearn, sort of, right? Because uh, we focus so much on this, you know, what we believe, which is good. We've got to believe the right things. But faith is what happens when we act on what we believe. Okay, so you've got to have the right belief. But, but it's the steps we take. Faith is about the steps we take because of what we believe. I believe it, so I'm going to take a step. And we see this lived out in Jonathan. It's taking a step even when you don't know the whole plan, even in the face of the uncertainty of dragons, right? For Jonathan, these are inseparable ideas. The truth is that sometimes God accomplishes he can accomplish his plan, let me put it this way, um, without us, right? We know that God can. He doesn't need us. He's not just up there waiting for you. However, he really likes to use you. He really wants to use you. And sadly, he doesn't. He doesn't tend to do things without you. So now, Jonathan's story is an interesting one. You, you heard it read. Um, but I have to point out to you, in this sermon, I can't tell you just to go and be like Jonathan. Go do what Jonathan does. Because here's the, the truth of it, is Jonathan's plan is really, really bad. It's a terrible, terrible, awful, no good plan. Especially if you are in the military, all right? If you're like, um, you know, if you're wanting to win a battle, um, don't do what Jonathan did. Okay, because just notice with me, um, if, if you remember the story, it, it, it says it's like it's, like it's no big deal. Um, but Jonathan has this plan, and his plan is to go out and meet a garrison full, okay? Thousands of well-trained, well-trained men, okay, with better weapons than him. And he's going to go to them. Now, first of all, they have the high ground, okay, which is always an advantage in battle. They have the high ground, and he comes out of his cave, he reveals where he is. So he loses all strategic advantage right there, tells them where they are. And then it's one thing if they were to make the effort to come down to him, waste a little energy, okay, they couldn't all come at once, and then he could fight them one-on-one. But his plan is if they call me up to him, then I'm going to go. And we're going to see next week that they actually, he actually has to climb with hands and feet. That means he can't hold a shield while climbing up to them. It is a terrible plan. (laughs) And as one commentator put it, he said it this way. The plan is so absurd that if if it did succeed, it could only be because the Lord has given them into our hands. You see, I think, I mean, Jonathan clearly knew that. Clearly, he knew he didn't want this to succeed based on his own power, his own strength. He only wanted it to succeed if God was in this. And so he, his plan is ridiculous. <laughs> but while I can't give you, tell you to be exactly like him in his strategy, in his military strategy, what I can do is point out some patterns that he shows, ways to be a person that can act even when we're not sure what to do. 
even in the unknown, even when it's risky. Because I think he shows us some patterns here that I think are going to help us to be people of faithful action. Because the question is, how can we become someone like Jonathan who steps out in faith, who's people of action, not just sitting and waiting? Church, a man of faith, I want us to be a church that steps out in faith, that is a people of action, not just thinking the right things. We want to do that, but let's be people who act faithfully when God is calling. And to do that, I think there's some great advice from Jonathan. The first thing that we can do, the thing that Jonathan does, is that we can become familiar with God's heart and reputation. We've got to become familiar with, with who God is, right? This is why we talk about living in the way of Jesus, with the heart of Jesus, right? We, we need to understand who God is, what he's done, what his reputation is like. And sure enough, Jonathan seemed to know that. Okay, if you remember, uh, he said, it may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. Okay, now he knew that because he'd heard the stories. Now he wasn't alive during the times of, of, of all the, the judges. He definitely wasn't alive in the time of Joseph, but he'd heard the stories of how the few, even one man, could save the entire family of Israel. Okay, Jacob's family. He, one man, Joseph, could, could save them from starving and bring them into Egypt. He heard how Moses could help save the entire nation out of slavery. He heard about the, the stories, these epic stories of the judges and how God would use them. He knew the story of one of the more recent ones of Gideon, who God did something very similar. God took an army, a, a big army that was pretty self-sufficient and God kept saying, no, I want a smaller army. No, 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 even smaller army. He kept cutting down the size of the army so that it would be very clear that if they won, it was only because of God. Very similar story. And because of that, God saved Israel with few. So he knew God's heart. He knew God's reputation. And so the question is, how do we know God's heart? How do we know his reputation? You guys, um, this is where the very simple admonition, the encouragement is to know this book, read this book, devour this book, and then tell the stories. Talk about the stories. Tell the stories to your kids, to your grandkids. Retell the stories. Yes, the same stories over and over again. We need this, and we need to do it over again. Now, here's where I want to ask you to join us. Now, it's still early enough in the new year. It's not too late to start a, to have a, a new year's resolution, okay? Um, we're reading through the Bible, um, and you can join us. If you go to efcc.org slash readbible-bible, um, um, you can find reading plans. And you can join us in a, a version reading plan where you can kind of read on your phone. If you're not a reader, it can read to you. Which you don't have to feel bad about that. Most people throughout the history of the world couldn't read. 
So they were told the stories. And so let the, let, let the, the app read to you. If you want to read along outside, outside at the welcome booth, there's, there's some plans. We're doing a New Testament one and an Old Testament one. You can be crazy and try to do both. It's okay. But, but reading through the Bible, getting it in you so that you know God's heart, you know his reputation, you know what, what that does for us? It helps us to know what to expect from God. Because the truth of the matter is that God's past actions gives us a great glimpse into the realm of possibility of what he can do. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So literally, this is what, this is the way we, we go about this. But the familiarity with God is not all that Jonathan had, right? Um, Jonathan was familiar that this, you know, this may be, okay? But this maybe it actually turns into a plan. It turns into a plan when his friend comes alongside of him. When the armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart, do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. It goes from a maybe, right after this, this is, this is what turns it in Jonathan's mind, and he starts laying out plans. Because this guy, an armor bearer, comes behind him and says, I'm with you. Let's do this. In fact, literally, the, the, the Hebrew that, that he says here on the second line could be, I am with you like your heart is with you. Oh, I'm with you like your heart. We are one together here. And you know what? This is the moment that Jonathan takes this idea, puts it into action. And the truth of the matter is we need this too. We learn from this is that that faithful action comes when we find friends to help our faith become fruitful. To help it go from just an idea into living it out, we need friends to do that. We need people in our lives encouraging us because it's one thing for me to say and to think to myself, you know, maybe I'm going to read the Bible this year. You know, maybe I'm going to do that. But it's another thing to tell my wife that I'm going to do that. It's another thing to tell people that I'm going to do that. Join me in that. What happens is it gets a little stronger. Those actions and ideas have to become more steps of reality. Right, And we need that in each other. We need people to do that for us. In fact, it, it even becomes more clear. I have to believe that Jonathan, that's actually the second time he said it. The second time he said, let's go over there. But then when, when this armor bearer says, I'm with you, that's when plans happen and that's when it starts moving. Right? And, and, and I have to believe that when, when the armor bearer said this to Jonathan, it was like it was stronger in his heart. Like it just firmed up what God was calling him. Because when God is calling two people now, whoa, this is big. This is big. And this reminds me of this, this quote, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says it this way. He said that the Christ in your own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of your brother. Now get this, in our own heart, in our own heart, the, it, the word of God is sometimes uncertain. It's like dragons. It's unknown. But in our brother's heart, it's sure. When someone speaks into your life, 
that's where, that's where you start, you start recognizing the truth of it. And we need people in our lives who can speak into our hearts. And we need to be able to speak into theirs. There is just no such thing as an isolated Christian. We need to realize that. And so I want to encourage you. Join a group. Okay? Join, step in into community. Would you guys join in with something? We're doing this and starting in, in a couple weeks. We're starting a brand new series, and we're, we're inviting you to join us for six weeks. Okay? This is intentionally supposed to be a, an, an easy step. Okay? Um, just let me tell you something. We did the, we've done this many times. Um, 20 years ago, we did one of these, and we just told them six weeks only. There's people still meeting. And I think that's awesome. Now, we're not trying to make a bait and switch. If, you, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But take a step. Take a step to join a group. Okay? Uh, kids are going to be doing this study. Um, youth are going to be doing this study. Let's all do this together. If you have a group, great. You're, you're going to be joining us already. You don't have to do anything. But maybe you, maybe you need to look around. Maybe in this room right here, actually. There may be some people that you rub shoulders with every week that might make a good group. And just, just take somebody to say, hey, you want to join my group? Because you can start one. I'll allow it. I, you have my blessing right now. So you can start a group. But the, today, outside, outside the lobby, you can find people to talk to about that. And I'd love to encourage you to do that. Because we need this. We need people in our lives to do this. You know, then once Jonathan does take the step, right, he's got this encouragement from, from the armor bearer. When he does take the step, one of the things I love about Jonathan is that he doesn't say, just all of a sudden say, I have the plan, and thus saith the Lord. And I like that because there's been very, 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 very few times in my life where I have felt that sort of voice from God, right? That I've been able to say, this is definitely 100% the plan. Most of the time, I'm a little bit more like Jonathan, who says, behold, we will cross over to the man. This is kind of the plan. We will show ourselves to them if they say to us, wait, then we will stand. But, but, but if they say, come up to us, then we will go. It's, a, it's, it's much more like reality. Right? It's much more the way that, that, that we tend to operate with God. It's, it's humble. It's dealing in the unknown and the uncertain and there's risk involved, yeah, because it could have gone the other way. It could have gone the other way, but this is the way life is most of the time. And what Jonathan is showing to us is something hugely important, is that Jonathan knew and understood God to a certain extent to which he could tell if, and then he could change course then. What happened was that Jonathan had attuned his heart to sense God's leading. And I think that's what we need. We need to attune our hearts to the ways that God leads. You know, that, that's part of what we do here. That's part of what we do by, by coming to church. Is, is once again hearing the stories, reminding ourselves of the way God leads. Okay, we do that by, by reading together. We do that by, by hearing from other people. There's lots of ways that we can do that. 
But I have to point out that this is often learning in some very subtle ways. Learning to listen to God. And like I said before, I mean, and and let me be clear, I think there are times that God is calling us to take steps of faith. He's calling you and calling me, and, and we probably all need to do some more things like Jonathan that are things that only God can do. We, we probably need to take more steps that, like, you know, it's only going to happen if God's in it, right? We, we probably do too many safe things. We take too many safe steps. However, um, those are things that God's going to call you to do. Those are the things that may call your group to do. They may call our church to do it, but we're going to know. And I'm not saying exactly what that is right now because there may be dragons, right? I mean, we don't know. However, I think when we attune our heart to listen, I believe God's going to call you and you and you and me to do some different things, but we have to learn how he leads Reminds me of a time when I was in uh, when I was in college. A uh, the local Arthur Murray dance studio <laughs> offered a really good deal to uh, to us college students, and so a bunch of us decided, "Hey, let's do it." It was like ten bucks or something like that. We got like a bunch of lessons, and we got to learn how to dance. And it was so cool because we brought the median age of that class down by forty years. <laughs> It was great. And, and I, I learned to, to ballroom dance. And I got to tell you, I, I really, really liked it. It was really fun. There's a bunch of nuances to it. The way that you move and the way that you dance. And dancing with another person is, is a real, it's a real skill to learn. It's a skill to learn how to lead. But, and I've never learned how to follow, <laughs> But I got to say, I feel like that's a lot harder. So, so, so women in the room, one of the things you learn in the class is that, that the men's supposed to lead. And so you're supposed to like figure out what to do. So you're not just doing the same motion all the time, right? And, and, and little, little movements that, that you make are supposed to tell the woman what to do. So you, you turn your wrist this way and she's supposed to go that way. You, if you turn it this way, she goes the other way. If you raise your arm a little bit, she gets ready to come underneath, right? But, but if, if you're thinking one thing and you do the wrong thing, then she goes that way and you go this way. And what? Wait a minute. What happens is that if you're not listening, if you're not sensing, if you're not attuned to the other person's leading, then you're not dancing together. And this... This got me thinking, this is so much like this dance that we're in with God. That the more he leads, the more we get better at following. And the more we get better at following, the more beautiful the dance looks. Sometimes it's really subtle movements. That if you and I can learn to listen, He's going to take you places. He's going to make that, he's going to make you dance in a way that is beautiful. But it takes us tuning 
our hearts. You know, what I liked best was swing dancing. That was supposed to be up here during that. So now I'll skip it. Finally, because as much as we can learn to listen, there's some things you just don't need to wait on. We have to remember that for most things, you don't need a sign. You don't need to pray about it. You don't need to go off in a cave with your priest and think about it. Most things in life, we know for a lot of things in life, God tells us what to do, right? Okay, a lot of things. Maybe not most, okay, but a lot of things God tells us what to do, right? You don't need to pray about loving people. You don't need to ask God, should I love that person? No, you should, yes. You don't need to pray about forgiving. Oh, God, do I really need to forgive this person? No, nope, don't need to pray. Don't need to pray about living in community with each other, about, you know, about being a part of a community of a church. You don't need to pray about that. You don't need to pray about serving. You just don't. That's just, that's just what we do. In fact, we already know what God's, the big picture plan is, right? The big picture plan, um, he tells us what it is. He tells us a lot of, of, of the, the broad strokes of it. And so he tells us things like this, that his divine power uh, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us into his own glory and excellence, right? That Jesus, the divine word shows us that and he's given us his scriptures to show us everything. So if you're looking for a sign, you've got it. You don't need to keep looking for a sign. And scripture gives us our marching orders. And then the crazy thing is that God actually trusts that you, along with the power of the Holy Spirit, can actually help accomplish his plan. That God trusts that you can do it. Now, with him, he's not saying you can do it alone. But this ought to change everything. This ought to change everything in us. You see, Jesus, some of the last words he said to us, he gives us his marching orders in verse 18. of This is Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven, all authority in heaven they are mine. <laughs> I can just see like lightning bolts coming. You know, it's all mine. I have it. And therefore I will go and, oh, wait, wait, no. It's not, it's not I do everything, even though I got to admit, I feel like that would be a better plan. I feel like that would have been smarter. Jesus, you just keep going. You've got all authority and all power. Why don't you do it? But instead, with all the power and all the authority, it was his great idea to say, now, therefore, you go. 
Therefore, we go and make disciples. And can I just point out something? Um, the yous in this passage, okay? All of the yous here are plural yous. Okay, so it's us going. And, and so we've often called this the, the great commission. Okay, but um, I, don't, I don't love that because I feel like one person can be like given a commission. I, I like to think of this as the great commission. This is our mission together, right? It's Jesus' mission also. And in fact, he's going to be there with you. He's going to stay with you. He's going to be a part of this mission. This is our mission to go and make disciples. And, and we do that by, by living in the way of Jesus, with the heart of Jesus, right? This is what we're all about. And now I, I want to just run through these real quick, okay? Because first of all, we know that, that this is Jesus' heart. That this is his reputation because he did this. He lived this out. He made disciples wherever he went, right? So we know that that's his heart. That's his reputation. That's the way he lived. And so uh, we know that. And then, of course, we know that we don't need to pray about it. <laughs> because wherever you are in life, wherever you're going, this is what he calls us to do is to make disciples. So we don't need to ask about that. But because this is ours, this is our co-mission, guess what we need? We need each other. We need to do this with someone. You need others in your life. Uh, couples, you need other couples. Okay, singles, you need, you need other singles, couples, whatever. We need people to do this with, to join together with. There's no isolated disciple makers. We're all on commission together. And if you're ever worried about whether or not you have permission to proceed, I want you to know that Jesus' commission gives you permission not to just do whatever you want, but to follow a heart that is in step the spirit there's a lot of people here who I know you've been you've been following Jesus you've been reading through the the Bible so many times you don't remember how many times you've done it can I tell you it, it's time for faithful action it's time to take a step stop praying about whether you should reach out to your neighbor you don't need to pray about that anymore. Stop praying about like, where to serve, okay? There's plenty of opportunities. Let's take faithful action. Let's step into it. And you guys, it's, this is where, this is where, this is where God wants us. Faithfully taking steps to bring his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we do ask that you give us the courage, the courage of Jonathan to take a step of faith even in the unknown, even in the uncertain, even when there's risk involved. Help us to take a step of faith even when there may be dragons. We pray that we would. We pray that we'd have people around us to encourage us, 
pray that we would know your word and your scriptures. And we pray that you'd challenge us even today to take one step. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our service. We'd love to have you join us in person. For more information about our church and service times, please visit efcc.org. If you would like to support the ministries of Emmanuel Faith, you can do so at efcc.org give.